your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're talking about a really interesting topic that's going to have to happen for a whole lot of people in this world, and that's restarting your life. And it's, you know, you can restart your life in many ways. You can do it in small ways. You can do it in big ways. But when you do it, always make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not hurting other people. And that's a very good, you know, thing to do. If, if you're making bad choices and you want to change that and turn it into good choices, it might be your attitude, it might be drinking, it might be taking opioids, it might be uh, just one topic, one area, or it could be just the whole thing. We just need to up and move and do something different here. Uh, maybe I just need to change jobs. Maybe maybe I just need to change the way I see life. You know, it, it can happen in so many ways. Maybe, maybe you get... Um, you know, baptized or something, and all of a sudden you decide to really uh, give yourself to God. You know, all that stuff can be an incredible uh, life-changing event, and that's what we hope that we continue to do that, adapting through life, because life is a process. It's not all about outcomes, and you have to enjoy the process to enjoy life, and that means you live in the moments you're in and not down the road and not behind you, but you live in the moment you're in with with what you have and you appreciate what you have and not what you don't have. And and having that kind of peace, peace is acceptance, you're able to reach all kinds of different goals and do different things with your life and make dynamic choices. And you also have your intuition when you have peace. And you have your entire bank of emotions. But when you live with resentments and anger, that usually takes up the space in the room. And we as people don't thrive like we need to. And so, you know, whether or not we're granted a fresh start every year, which we always often make those wishes and for January 1st, you know, the world is set up that we believe it's possible you know, that we can have a fresh start. But a fresh start doesn't just involve starting something new. It means letting go of the past, you know, in the form of, of relationships, in form of jobs, in form of uh, living arrangements, your body type, your overall health, or doing whatever it takes to get out of the rut you've been stuck in. And, and this letting go is is basically the flip side of starting over. So most of the time, it feels easier to stay with people, places, and positions, and until uh, forward motion is ceased entirely, and then you basically get kicked out of the nest because you cannot stand being in the rut you're in. So you need a whole way, new way of looking at things in your current situation. And diminishing returns are still a return on investment, but hanging on until something becomes unbearable and toxic sometimes feels like the only choice. And, and you know, it's only later uh, what you shake your head or wonder how to to let up, let up and and go on knowing when to make a move takes years of experience and a wide lens view of where you are in life and so you know basically the truth is every day can be a new start it's making yourself believe the truth in such a simple statement and and that simple statement is the hard part by the way 
when we arrive at, at a wall or a dead end street, we know we have no choice but to train our minds into doing what's best for ourselves, for our families, for our children, for our spouses, and develop new habits. And over time, the change of these habits become ingrained in your self-defeating choices and s- that we used to make. And so change happens constantly in the world. And so the trick is to change work in your favor, not against you. So always changing to favor and build your life. You know, um, it's important for us as a legacy to our families, our long-term family. I'm talking about the, you know, our historical families, is to rise above where our families have been, and carry on a new tradition that other people can grab onto and follow. And so the people we're most emotionally invested in are our significant others, our fans, our, our family members, our children, and beyond that are people we work with daily in, in our community. And so people who go through tough times together develop strong emotional attachments. And you only get to know how a person reacts in challenging situations over time. You know, we are not always responsible for what happens to us, but we are responsible for how, constantly, for how we react. And so deciding, you know, in action or an adventure or a love story, you know, this dynamic plays out regularly. Often the characters trading off, uh, saving each other's lives over the course. And, And in real life, a hero might be someone who puts a victim out of a burning building or someone who's a breadwinner in a household or a neighbor who brings fr- uh, food over to a starving family. You know, change happens over the length of time and in an instant. Deciding to stay, start or stay in a relationship, a job, a community, that usually will hinge on the very idea of making a difference. And more and more, this is the deciding factor in people's lives is how we make a difference for other people. That's our legacy. That's the legend of our lives. That when we die is what stays around. All your attachments, all your, your little you know, objects and things like that are just a pain in the butt for other people to have to, to either take it or take it to the dump, you know, whatever. But, you know, deciding to start, you know, all these starting overs is, uh, is needs to be a healthy thing. It needs to be a healthy choice. And, and, and at the end of the year, when we uh, turn the page on the calendar, and it's a new year, now we want to consider all the habits, all the resolutions we want to break free from and reinforce. And, and just thinking about changing doesn't do the trick. You have to take action. You have to take small actions, and you have to take big actions. And that leads to the big and the little differences that we want to appear. But, you know, when we look back on our days behind us, We want to be proud of many of the things, the good things that we've done in our life and build on that. And, you know, as as the change happens, like the way uh, talking, uh, a walk happens, opening the door and having your feet carry you forward into a different day, this is a very very important thing. And there's even science. There's a recent study that looked at the, the, the effects of fresh starts on performance and the fresh start effect is what it and 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 so the idea is that a person can disassociate their past performance outcomes from the current ones and so there's there's landmarks as an act of uh, mental reset to help us get back on track and get us focused on our most cherished goals and the most common fresh start january 1st the start of every new year is no coincidence for instance gyms see upwards of a 20 percent boost in memberships as a matter of fact 
many gyms are built on that boost. And, and the evidence has generally pointed to the benefits of fresh starts. They motivate a person to do better, to achieve a goal. Uh, but this uh, also this research tells us that they, they don't always work. They can actually backfire and make us perform worse, not better. So, you know, researchers say that it has to do with what comes before the performance reset. That means that what resources do we have to march towards where we're going? And do we have self-defeating thoughts? A lot of people will fall, fall back on muscle memory and have those depressive, uh, 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 negative thoughts and then they will follow those thoughts because it's easier to do that than actually change. You know, they, you do fresh starts to be effective. When a person experiences failure before the restart, you know, how are they going to react to the failure? Are you going to take it as a sense of learning? Are you going to take it as an opportunity? Or are you going to take it as, I can't get this done? You know, failure is directly tied to a person's pride. Many people think they should be an expert at something that they're just starting out doing. And that's a great disappointment because it basically doesn't help you as a person uh, to, to sit there and focus on your negative memories and your negative outcomes and your sense of failure and your sense of pride. If you sit in that stuff, you, you're, you're basically creating enormous barriers to never move forward. Failure is an opportunity to learn, and that's all it is. And it's called the scientific process. Very important for us to understand. Scientific process is there for us to learn from our failures. That's how we evolve as creatures. That's how we evolve as people. Process, process, process. Not outcomes. If you get great outcomes, build on your outcomes and start a new process. That's how life works. It's leaps of faith, one after the other and called experiential learning, which is a very important component of human nature. That means we learn from our experience, and failure is always a part of that experience. You know, um, if you're going to do a reset, though, you, you, you need to be a little careful and recognize the difference between your good past and your bad past. If a person's been succeeding or hitting their goals, it'd be wise for them to avoid uh, starting tasks on, uh, on landmarks uh, that where they failed before or landmarks where they don't have a plan to get out of it. You know, it's important. You know, when you're the smartest person in a room, go to the next room where people are smarter than you and stay there and learn from them. You can't change in a vacuum and you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You really want to watch how other people succeed and follow their steps and follow their processes because they can leap you to change rather than just dragging yourself to change. You know, if you're going to change your body type, maybe getting a trainer to help you and, and to inspire you and to push you so that you don't self-defeat. And they can give you a process that maybe you as a person never had, but as you follow their process – Suddenly, you get to your goals a lot faster, and then you start to add to that process and improve and improve and improve. You know, it, it, exaggerating uh, the nature of a continued goal process and drawing attention to the previous periods is very important. So we look back on our, 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 our progress and we go, wow, that's good. That's good. I've lost six pounds. Yeah, man, I've lost this. I've done this. I've gained this. I've gained this muscle. 
You know, that's the kind of stuff that you want. And I'm just using body as an example. But that's what we want to do. You know, if you want to change about making money, you have to understand the world is is an, is your oyster. You know, we, we're in a free country. It doesn't feel like it now that we're in COVID. But the truth is opportunity comes from our brains. If you don't like where you work, figure out how you can work for yourself. But that means you're going to have to do something hard. That means you're going to have to stay with it. And you're going to have to trust yourself and trust your process that it's going to get you where you want to go. A lot of people will own a franchise because the franchise already has the process in place. That can be expensive. Some people want to start on their own because they don't have a capital. So what they do is they basically develop a plan and look at how other people started their plan and how other people funded and figure out how to get the funding they need to do what they want and then they build on it. You may not get that that crystal palace that you're <laughs> looking for, that really successful business for maybe five years. But make a plan. Make a plan. Make your job pay for the business, meaning that you may hate your job, but you take the money you make from your job to make an investment in you and in your success and down the road, building something up that's going to work well for you. And that's a very important thing. A lot of people get into real estate, and that's exactly what they do. They start, and they they get with a realtor that knows what they're doing. And uh, maybe somebody that buys and 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 uh, you know sells houses very quickly, or builds them up and you know fixes do the fixer upper thing and sells. But the bottom line is, it's really important to have that plan. In, in, in our response to circumstances out of our control, when we're confronted with something in our lives that we don't like, we ask ourselves: Is there anything I can do about it to make it better? And that may simply be your attitude. And if yes, by all means, we should pour our energy into doing so. And if it's no, we press the happiness button, which means we accept what life has presented us, period. And, and when, uh, when we let go of the outcome we wanted and replace it with the wholehearted readjusting to the situation and accepting things as they are, we become much more productive people. You know, hitting the button is a straightforward concept, but my experience working with lots of people and organizations has made it clear that actually doing so on a regular basis until it becomes second nature is one of the greatest challenges you'll ever face. So now, how about when we're stuck in some someone's uh, life problems, the death of a loved one, a divorce, an infidelity, a major illness, financial hardship, you know, Everybody knows what I'm talking about. These big things strike us in our lives. And every other tough moment we've faced prior seems like a walk in the park. You know, even for those of us who are really good at pressing the happiness reset button, these tragedies really put our lives to the test. And, And this is oftentimes, amazingly, when people meet their faith. And this is oftentimes when people meet God, because God can take you to places that you have never been. And that's a very important thing. He has a different journey for you. And that's when you find your passion. If you vest in your passion and you become an expert at your passion, people are going to seek you for that. And there is a price they would pay to get your knowledge. Very important. You know, if something isn't right, it could be your job. It could be a place you live. You know, some you know sometimes neighborhoods are really nice, and then they turn into a dump. Sometimes they become a rental community, and, and so you may not be as safe in the old neighborhood that you used to live in. You need to keep looking around and figuring out: Is this fitting my life, and does it fit where my 
life is at this time. You know, day in and day out, you may not feel happy. And that's a clue that something needs to change. You know, as many as one out of three Americans is unhappy, and this is just Americans, and I would suggest it's probably the whole world, uh, one in three are unhappy most of the time. Unfortunately, many people just live with their unhappiness, and then they complain and they whine, or they just sit in it. And it's often the easiest route of least resistance to blame others, your life conditions, the weather, politicians, tax code, your, your teacher who didn't encourage you enough, somebody who abused you in your childhood. You know, you just sit there endlessly as a victim and your, your unhappiness becomes who you are. It becomes real. And so it's important. If you're going to be successful in life, you have to be resilient. Resilient, resilient. If you look in the Bible, all of these characters, all these people, all these people that were in the Bible, Old Testament and New, all of them were resilient. What's the message? You need to be that. But that's tough. That's tough. But we can do it. And and you can do, you know, something that is important to you. The problem is that many people don't know what they need to do to change. Their unhappiness has become so embedded that they don't recognize what might uh, shift them to a happier place. Um, you know, like divorce. I, I've always said to people, you never know who you divorced and you never know who you married until you divorced them. You know, a lot of people just destroy each other uh, during divorce. And do it by doing that, they put their kids in deep, tense stress and poverty. All right, we're going to keep talking about uh, resetting your life. And I'm going to give you some tips. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. 
or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about resetting your life, you know, restarting, figuring out how to make something change. You know, let's, let's you know, you, you really got to look at that stuff. You know, it could be simple as uh, if you have arthritis and you live in a cold, wet climate like I do, you may want to contemplate going back down to the south where you get a little more heat and relaxation and, uh, you know, maybe that's something that you want to do. You know, maybe you're addicted to chocolate or sweets. Maybe there's a way to find that sweet tooth being soothed by the fruit or something that doesn't quite uh, make you blow up like a balloon, you know. <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of ways that we can restart our life, you know, and, and, and we choose these paths. And, but if we're going to choose a path, we have to have a plan of action. So if, you, if you're wishing you could start the new year all over again, you can anytime. Just pick a day, any day, declare your personal New Year's Day to reboot your life. And if you select today, you're not alone as the new, uh, you know, as people come into life. This is what people did even in ancient cultures. You know, consider a birthday, an anniversary, or any day to start anew and consider the, the, these ideas to basically help you. You know, one of the biggest factors that impacts the success of resolution making is to realize what you focus on expands. Focus on avoiding something like drinking or overeating or procrastinating. Procrastination is depression, folks. And you just might ensure the continued success. As an example, 98% of people dealing with stress tend to wake up at night ruminating about the thing that bothers them that they cannot control. It might be a fight with your spouse, uh, an argument with a coworker, your 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 bun your cash flow is terrible, maybe an illness, maybe something else. And it makes sense to focus on the problem, but you know. <laughs> The problem will get the energy, which only serves to reinforce the rumination of the problem. So the key is to focus on opposing the force, not the problem, but the solution. I don't talk about problems. I talk about solutions. That is a person that's resilient. You know, let's uh, look, look at the seven deadly sins. Pride, envy, sloth, greed, anger, gluttony, lust. Numerous stories throughout time teach caution about succumbing to those behaviors. So the message is reinforced to us as a young uh, age by parents, teachers, books, media. Well, it used to be the media. You know, um, you know, it, 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 it's it's allowing fear, envy, anger, and pride to mask you. And, and your heart and your intuition, and that basically takes your intuition away, which is how you really truly connect with other people. You know, people would be more successful if they focused on the light side of themselves. Instead of making resolution to lose weight, try to make an, uh, an intention to take care of your body with nourishing food, love and care. That love and care might consist of vitamins. It might consist of exercise, deep breathing. You know, uh, lotions, you know, fragrances that are uplifting, a uh, lot of water, maybe listening better to other people. You know, the person that's most powerful in a conversation is the one who's listening. And in this situation, that's you. 
Um, you know, as for the seven deadly sins, you know, try focusing on their complementary positive, like like joy. Instead of avoiding greed, think of expanding how much you share. Instead of battling lust, try encouraging people towards their passions. You know, instead of resisting anger, give yourself, you know, nourishing love. Instead of avoiding becoming, you know, a couch potato, allow yourself to, to dance more. Instead of inhibiting your, your eating, you know, try releasing your artistic sense and seek quality over quantity. So no longer are you looking for a quantity to eat, a whole bag of potato chips, a whole pail of ice cream, you know, think of quality, having a good quality. You know, we get we get full a lot sooner if we stop eating and take our time eating than when our body starts to send the signals when to stop. Unfortunate people that eat fast, they eat past what their body can take. And then they overstuff themselves and they lose energy and they become couch potatoes and lethargic and they just sit there watching TV. You know, if you've gotten anything from what I'm talking about, I hope that attitude is everything. You know, don't beat yourself up. You know, take day at a time, forgive yourself, know that you're, you're, you're trying to make things better. You're willing to make things better. But the people that succeed, they have to say, I will not try. Try is the weakest word in the in the English language it should be banned you either will or you won't you will or you won't and it doesn't mean you will immediately but maybe a will is to begin a process that is healthier for you and your family you know whether whether you quit something of your own or have been forcibly stopped starting over always requires a leap of faith and so there's a, there's an exhilaration of new possibilities and to open the road ahead. But there's also the moment of a free fall and fear that somehow you won't land on your feet. Well, the fact is, the more you do land on your feet, the more you know that you are resilient. You know that you you even if you fail, you still have opportunities. Even if you got fired from your job, you still can go and find something and work because you have a good attitude. But if you're going to wallow in it, the fact that you feel like you should be accepted by every single uh, change of a manager or change of a work environment, the fact is that's they evolve too, and we don't always fit in that. You know, you got to manage first of all your regrets. All of us will inevitably experience some regret in life. It just comes with the territory of being a human being. But with regret, you can either it can either sink you at times of stress, or if it's processed, can actually act as a flotation device. And this is, you know, I tell you, this is where God comes in. I take it, everything that happens to me, God brought to me, and it's, he's really just trying to figure out how I'm going to respond. And looking to Jesus, I know everything that happens to me is, a, even if it's awful, is meant to do good. And there are good things that can come from really bad situations. And believe me, I'm old enough to tell you, I've been through a lot, but I still get back up on my feet and I still walk forward and I do the best I can with what I have. And I'm not saying I'm a great example, but I'm telling you that you have that in you too. And you got to find that part of you. You know, there's some debate about whether, you know, Robert Frost said something, human beings tend to regret the road taken and not the road taken anymore. You know, it, it, there's really an important thing. You take, you take stock of your regrets 
and you need to write them down so you can really look at them. Do they fall into the category of action or inaction? And what can you learn about yourself and your future intentions? You know, can I control this problem or how can I solve this problem? If you're going to pound on the problem, you're never going to have an outcome. And, you know, it's like when you're, when you're attacking your spouse for doing something wrong, you just keep beating on the outcome that you can't control. And instead, you really need to understand the process of how they made the decision. How and what? How did you make that decision? What, what made you want to make that decision? So if you're going to talk to somebody that's an example of how you want to change and they've changed, what you want to do is the same thing. How did you do that? What did you do? And you'll usually find that it's not a quick fix. It's a process. And you got to stick with it. And if you do, you get the results that you want. You know, you have to deal with that rumination that goes on in your brain to pound on the outcomes. You know, you know, if you're going to cry over spilled milk, it, it's true enough. But for many of us, getting, you know, off the carousel of repetitive thoughts is hard. If it's sometimes it's not impossible, but we can do it. You know, your your thoughts that are who you are, you are what you think. And, and so it's important to understand if you're going to think negatively, that's what's going to happen. So people that ruminate and people that, that worry focus on what they fear, which is a negative outcome. And so they go to the worst outcome and then they never take action. Or what they do is just keep pounding on the problem. Pound, pound, pound. It's never a what or how. It's never a what can I do? What can I control? And what can't I control? We all make bad mistakes, every one of us. And when we make those mistakes, as dumb as they are, we have to understand that it happened and it's something we got to learn from. And we take what we have, even if it's, it's, it's bankrupt at us, and we step back up and we work and we work our way back out of the hole. If you've lost your job, like so many people do, in their 50s because businesses don't want old employees and they don't want to retire people and they don't want you to, uh, you know, they don't want to pay for your benefits until you die. They'd rather get contractors and replace the old people with, with young people, use them as much, run them as hard as they can, and then get rid of them when they're no longer fitting in. And so, you know, this is how it works in these days. And it's hard to accept that. Because if you're 50 years old and you're trying to start your life again, well, you're 50 years old and you're wiser than most. Get back on your feet. It happened for a reason. Maybe it was you not doing the work, getting too uh, caught up and not changing. Maybe you've got to decide to restart your life, follow a passion, and see what that does. It may it may double, triple what you used to make. You may become much happier. Maybe it's less money, but more happiness. And then you cut back on expenses. Cut back to the point that you can make your make your payments, fall, you know, and then fall back into a position where you can be free and freed up to make better choices for yourself. And maybe that will make your life longer and healthier. You know. Think about your new goal in some abstract terms, um, and, and and you know think about if, if if your path is is stopped and people need to be able to jump to another thing. Think about your goal in terms of moving away from the specifics of the situation to a more nuanced, deeper understanding 
a faith-based understanding, having faith in yourself, having faith in God and your wants and your needs and push you forward. So that means you look ahead. You don't look at your situation. You look ahead at what you can do to move through the situation. And then uh, and adapting you know, that strategy, say you're starting over from the ending of a loss of a relationship or a marriage, you know, finding another partner or spouse may seem impossible at the moment, but recognizing what you really want is an experience of closeness, shifts your vision, opens up new possibilities for action, and you may actually find someone in your life who can make you, who can be more compatible and bring you more uh, health and resources and change than you ever anticipated. And then you look back and go, man, you know, that divorce was awful and, and we've all survived it. But I'll tell you what, I'm really a lot more at peace with who I am and I'm more at peace with the person I'm with. You know, you can appreciate yourself you know, that in that way. You, you need to be resilient. You know, uh, uh, a lot of people, when they find that they, they're working in a job that they're unhappy with, maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's the people. Maybe it's the hours. Maybe they can take that expertise if they enjoy what they're doing and move it to somewhere else where the environment is better. And so, you know, it's an important thing to look at that. But you have to adopt the right mindset. If your mindset can be boiled down to full steam ahead, you're not you, – you, you're – you need to be thinking and planning so your goals require a mindset of a check actually achieving, which is a will, I will do this, achieving your goal. But the first mindset is deliberative and it's open-minded so you can weigh your choices and your strategies, gather all the information you need to pursue your goal. And it's at this point that you'll want to network and solicit other opinions. Don't do it in a vacuum. Don't do it by yourself. Don't reinvent the wheel. Seek the resources that can give you the expertise to assist you. And maybe they're not, they're going to do it different than you do it, but maybe there's pieces of what they do that you can borrow and make your life better. But by focusing, you can shift from one mindset to the other depending on the circumstances. So this is where the, the consciousness of not just what you're thinking, but how you're thinking really matters. You know, stay in your approach. Stay around people that motivate you. Stay around people that offer you knowledge. Stay around people that are not negative, not self-defeating. Do not uh, be around people that don't believe in you. Don't be around people who are dragging you down. You need to set yourself free so that everyone can survive in your life. And it's, it, it's important. But you've got to motivate yourself. And that means you harness that power. The way you do that is you borrow an emotion that will motivate you. You know, doing hard means I'm motivating myself to do something hard, but I'm going to use an emotion to get me there. My emotion was empathy. And that was an important emotion to me to get me through school so that I could be doing this. And, and it's important because I didn't do the schoolwork for me. I did it for you. And that was much more exciting than doing it for me to make money. You don't go into a mental health field to make money necessarily. There are people that do that. But you do it because you love people and you want to be a part of, a, of, of fixing things in their life that need to be fixed. And in helping them with their issues. But you have to have tools to do that. And that means you have to be in tune with the classroom. That means you have to be in tune with your education. 
And and if you do that, then you have the tools to help. If you're just sitting there to get a degree, the degree is not going to make you effective. You have to make yours effective. So you harness that energy, focus, focusing on the things you've accomplished that, that uh, put you in a flow. And you can recall a time when you were doing something that you totally lost track of time. You felt completely immersed in and at that time felt a sense of satisfaction and meaningfulness. There was something in that that was a part of your passion. And you need to learn from that. And you need to grab that. You got to be creative as you begin to think about what you want to do next. You want to get, get a real fix on the things you do that put you in a good flow. You know, this flow, this passion can be achieved through many activities. Like I'm one of them for me is gardening. You know, uh, some people knit, some people write, some people play sports, some people help others, you know, almost anything else. And, and try to think about those activities in more abstract terms. Um, what parts of them put you in that passion? Is there a way of incorporating some of those experiences to where you are going next or into the work that you have. Now we're going to go into another topic that's very important. And a lot of people don't do this. I did a show on this just recently. But you can restart your sex life. And a lot of people don't do that. They get stubborn. They get resentful. And they stick themselves in a life that's mundane uh, and ritualistic. And they're no longer enjoying change and what happens is they get stuck in their sex life because they're mad at their partner or resent their partner for something and they don't make it important and then it dies on the vine and it could stay away for years so we're going to talk about restarting the sex life i'm not going to focus on the whole show but we're going to also talk about some other areas like your health where you can restart so come back Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about restarting our life. I'm going to start this segment on restarting your sex life. You know, most of us have experienced times in a long-term relationship where we're alienated from each other. There's no time frame of mind to, to, to give the other party you know, uh, uh, compliments, you know, figurative or literally, um, and, and that eventually passes, usually to be followed by hopefully highly erotic makeup sex, or if single, after a long time of dating and loneliness, you you fall in love and, or something like love, and you experience a really exciting first time and hopefully many times thereafter. But what's really important to address here is the odd circumstance of happily married individuals who for no reason they can offer are not sharing sex with their partner. And sometimes there's a reason that might not make sense to others, but it does at least to one of them. You know, there's 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 people I've counseled, you know, young, attractive people who'd not been sexual with each other for maybe even, you know, years. Initially, maybe one of them were sick or a first pregnancy, or maybe they're just not interested in sex. And then as the pregnancy uh, progresses, the husband may have to travel or he's starting to work a whole lot. And then there may be a resentment that after the baby you know, was born, uh, the, his, his abstinence and, and, and their refusal to have sex in the ensuing time, they may just fall out of the habit. And then they're too reluctant to reinitiate or or uh, unsure of how to start it up again, you know. And <laughs> you know, it, it just it can build up into this hiatus that becomes longer and longer, resulting in, in both, you know, coming to see maybe me uh, for not having sex. And so, you know, my simple response is, so go have it, you know, <laughs> go go do it, you know. It, it, that's your immediate thought, but you know, you're hungry, you eat, you know, clearly. It's not it's not that simple, but but it could have been, you know, uh, maybe one partner is no longer attracted to the other. Maybe they're hot for someone else. Maybe they're deeply depressed. Maybe they're angry, either overtly or unacknowledged at their partner. But that unexpressed anger is a surefire of libido killer. You know, whether we jointly provide an attributable reason for sex not happening, the essential problem is that people are, uh, what are you going to do about it? When, when it is established that both people in the couple are willing to have sex with the other, several cases, they simply did not know how to get things going again. And that's the majority of cases that, that, that come. You know, the personal solution, the direct and unequivocal ones, hey, do you want to have sex? I do was not their repertoire, and that needs to be in the repertoire. You know, many people, male, female, homosexual, heterosexual, you know, they they have pairings, and they're so paralyzed by the possibility of being refused that they're unwilling to direct the request, even if a statement of desire, because they've been refused so many times. In some cases, they felt that subtle overtures that they've been making had already been rejected, but 
you have to wonder, well, how subtle was it? You know, um, you know, it's going to get more subtle and more subtle and more subtle as there's more rejection and more rejection and more rejection. So the deal is, is focus on a script. Try to create a script that breaks the ice. You know, get yourselves back in touch with each other. Can you make a declarative statement such as, I miss being physically intimate with you. I miss our lovemaking. I love you and have been feeling very sad that we no longer are sexual with each other. Or I would love to make love with you uh, again, but I'm afraid you'll reject me. And whatever words seem remotely doable to each person, acknowledge the situation, which is usually it has been avoided like uh, this elephant in the room and it opens up the door for discussion and a question is why aren't we making love anymore or why won't you touch me can be too easily led to blaming and a simple declaration of one person's willingness and eagerness might avoid that it might change the situation you know explaining why a couple are not having sex when they both express willingness is not as important as rectifying the situation with the help, you know, of a therapist or some, you know, there must be someone willing to shoulder some risk and, and take the first step, maybe a second step, you know, after you know you, you know, you go first, you know, whatever, but somebody's got to take some initiative. Uh, uh, initiative. And if, if there ever was a time when just do it offered great rewards and a payoff beyond the peril of risk taking, ending a sexual, a sexual standoff is it. Just do it. <laughs> Borrowing Nike. <laughs> you know, in your health, it's, it's really important to build a buddy system. You know, a friend, a spouse, a family mem- member, even a, even a paid coach. But buddies provide power They provide inspiration, knowledge, and support. They also keep you honest and on track and provide a sense of accountability. And there's several reasons that buddies are beneficial, including the fact that you often take on habits of those nearest you. Positive and social psychology studies really show that that, uh, you frequently begin to embody the characteristics of those whom you spend the most time. And, and this may be through peer, peer pressure or a desire to fit in or because your, your, your mirror neurons are driving you to be alike. But the social and emotional support buddies provide uh, to seem uh, better uh, blood pressure, better sleep, greater capacity to conquer addictions. And people who have a significant support person also have greater longevity. And so it's important to be able to develop a buddy system when it comes to helping yourself. If you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, um, adding a buddy has a profound effect, increasing that number to 35% in some cases. And so there's a lot of research that shows that a buddy increases your, your, your tend to, be, to become a better person. Uh, they provide a, uh, helpful uh, hormones in your brain like oxytocin. It also happens that that, that feel-good uh, neurophysical uh, chemical response of feeling passion and intimacy and a sense of community, they'll help you attain your physical goals as well as provide an enhancement to your psychological makeup and, and, and fun. And it energizes you to achieve and you're being recognized for what you're changing. And so having a buddy means you're held accountable, but you're also applauded. And that is a very important component. Also, um, you, you want to keep a devoted commitment to making motion. 
You know, when you lose or decrease your, your, your risk of diabetes, of heart disease, and it also stands the reason that there's a benefit of being in better physical condition. So you should start an exercise program. And by the way, the first muscle in your body that really benefits from exercise is your brain. Your brain gets enormous assistance from exercise. And it's very important for us to, to, to do cardio just just a little bit of cardio, you know, 20 minutes of mild, you know, uh, just getting your heart beat up by 10 beats a minute more. 20 minutes of that is 60% of an antidepressant. Wow. I mean, isn't that great? You know, try to change your diet. Try Doing that is going to change a whole lot of things, including your attitude. You know, there's, there's also... Um, Transforming your body back in time involves the shifting your eating habits. You know, healthy eating means eliminating certain foods from your diet. And, and I know that there was something that I eliminated. I eliminated sugar, not sugar, but candy and all the, the that kind of stuff from my diet. And by doing that, I, I basically don't even like sweet stuff that much anymore. I, I just... You know, and I enjoy more natural food, not that I'm the epitome of good health, but, you know, uh, by doing that, you your your brain shifts and it says that I don't like that anymore. And the more you start to tell yourself, I don't like that anymore, I don't need it, then all of a sudden you don't crave it. And so it's a good thing to transform yourself. But also you want to form a habit. And that focuses on uh, breaking addictions like cigarettes or alcohol or certain foods that are harmful. Usually these things introduce themselves at certain times of the day, like the five o'clock alcoholic. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, something that people fall into. You know, breaking addictions allows you to reset your clock and get your do over and get your brain back in shape. Also, things that make you stressful, changing your mindset towards the stress can be a very important component. Reviewing what you're stressed about. If you're stressed about something, you're trying to control an outcome and if, uh, that you can't control. And so it's funny that people do that because the way that the mental health is, uh, at least the, the thought-based mental health disorders are come up with, are basically the way you cope with trying to control things you cannot control. And so people find themselves in diagnoses like depression or, or anxiety or, or all kinds of things, panic attacks, all kinds of crazy stuff, or uh, uh, OCD, you know, <laughs> then what you're going to do is you're going to find yourself coping in that way and that's going to become who you are. You know, if you want love in your life, if you want that to change, that also affects your health. A sexual relationship has enormous beneficial effects on your lifespan and your overall health. People who are frequently intimate have greater immunity, less heart disease, more, more balanced hormone levels, lower blood pressure, improved sleep, and a lower risk of cancers. Making love with your spouse or significant other also has many psychological benefits. And so, you know, as we fix our bodies, we also can be fixing our brains. Um, and plus, sex is exercise, guys. So it's a good thing. Explore and engage. And this is what is about finding y your purpose in life and then pursue it passionately. And that's a very important thing.
because that's what God wants for you. That's what your purpose for your life is not about you. It's about other people. And how do you want to affect, how do you want to impact people? How, where do you want your life to meet other people where they need it? You know, also, you have to be able to, to uh, look at the departures in your life. Departures are loaded with emotion, disappointment in a relationship, a job that didn't work out. You know, what's being left behind, loss of anticipation, the prospect of a fresh start, you know, a small percentage of life's events, yet beginnings and endings are far easier to recall than the middles. And because they're among the relatively few great memories we sustain, final impressions are enormously influential in shaping your life story. And the story flows better when it is capped with closure. And that means you may not get closure, but you can give yourself closure. You know, a memory that is no longer emotionally charged means you've accepted them. They're more open and, and, and with great feelings and closed when they don't conjure up passion. You know, so it's dramatic. It's, it's very dramatic to just focus on things that, that, that end in our life and they don't end on the way we want them to end They've ended in a way that's forced on us. And so it's, it can be really terrible if we make our life about that. But it should be that how you respond. And that's the big thing about this show is, is being resilient and getting back on your feet and walking forward and making something of your life. You know, on, on the other hand, close memories free people to pursue their goals because they aren't bogged down in the past. They're causing more of your memories is even good for physical health. And so, you know, we dread goodbyes because of the dangers that accompany change and disruption for, uh, throughout human history. But that's life. And that's why faith is such an important thing in life. Life is one leap of faith after the other leap of faith, you know. And, and so we've got to look forward and we've got to become, in a sense, ready to do a do-over or to a, do a change or to adapt. You know, if there's a decision you're putting off or a change in your life that you want to make, but you're feeling too, too, too anxious to, to make it happen, do you keep asking everyone for advice that leaves you more confused than ever about, or do you want to focus on a plan? So if, if you're focused on a plan, you're focused on an outcome, but you have to have a vision for that, and you got to write down what's in the way and what you can do to change it. That's how you do it. But if you're always reacting in a stressful, worried way, you're not living life the way it's supposed to live. You don't live in fear. You live in faith. That's life. That means you're alive. If you live in fear, you're not alive. And so it's important to understand that, you know, you're, you're just coping. And coping is not living. All right. That's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on my webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. And you can also pick up my new book on Amazon. It's called The Good Book of Mental Hygiene. Now remember, bigamy is having one wife too many. Monogamy is the same thing. <laughs> also remember, wouldn't it be great if our brains came with autocorrect? And you know... You've gotten old when you go from you really shouldn't say that to, oh, what the hell. Let's see what happens. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 